Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse on the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up where you can sign up to receive an excellent daily email that includes the reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 11, God's Plan for Salvation, with Section 3, The Mechanism for Miracles. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Let me remember, I am one with God. And I have an opening from Marianne Williamson that maybe I'll share later, but it just strikes me today that the perfect opening is from Helen Shuckman in her book, The Gifts of God. The poem is called The Singing Reed. My eyes would look upon the Son of God. For this I came to overlook the world, and seeing it forgiven, understand its holiness is but the truth in me. The Christ walks forth in every step I take. God shines within me, lighting up the world in radiant joy. The Holy Spirit comes with me, lest I should turn and lose the way. For God has given me a goal to reach, and has made certain that I cannot fail. And so he gave me eyes to see beyond appearances and shadows. And I will see the Son of God exactly as he is. And in that sight is all the world transformed and blessed forever with the love of God. How holy are my footsteps, which but go to do the will of God, whose Son I am. And how forever perfect is my will which is in no way separate from his own. Let me remember, I am one with God. Amen. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. That gorgeous poem. Thank you. The point of all our seeking. All right, my friends, here's our reading list today. We have Fran, Harrison, Lemoyne, Donna, Patricia, Karen, and Robin Marie. Uh, we're joined in listening this morning by Lana, and um, I think Ida will be coming back as well. So, let's undertake then in Chapter 11. God's Plan for Salvation, Section 3, The Mechanism of Miracles, beginning with paragraph 11. Fear is a symptom of your deep sense of loss. If when you perceive it in others, you learn to supply the loss, the basic cause of fear is removed. Thereby, you teach yourself that fear does not exist in you. For you have in yourself the means for removing it and have demonstrated this by 
giving it. Fear and love are the only emotions of which you are capable. One is false, for it was made out of denial, and denial depends on the real belief in what is denied for its own existence. Now, friends. Mm. Section 3, The Mechanism of Miracles, Paragraph 11. Fear is the symptom of your deep sense of loss. If what you perceive it in others, you learn to supply the loss, the basic cause of fear is removed. Thereby, you teach yourself that fear does not exist in you, for you have in yourself the means for removing it and have demonstrated this by giving it. Fear and love are the only emotions of which you are capable. One is false, but was made out of denial, and denial depends on the real belief in what is denied for its own existence. Twelve, by interpreting fear correctly as a positive affirmation of the underlying belief it masks, you are undermining its perceived usefulness by rendering it useless. Defenses which do not work at all are automatically discarded. If you raise what fear conceals to clear-cut, unequivocal predominance, fear becomes meaningless. You have denied its power to conceal love, which was its only purpose. The mass which you have drawn across the space of love has disappeared. Thank you, Fran. And Harrison. Well, by interpreting fear correctly as a positive affirmation of the underlying belief it masked, you are undermining its perceived usefulness by rendering it means useless. Defenses which do not work at all are automatically discarded. If you raise what fear conceals the clear-cut, unequivocal predominance, fear becomes meaningless. You have denied its power to conceal love, which was its only purpose. The mass which you have drawn across the face of love has disappeared. Thirteen, if you would look upon love, which is the world's reality, how should you do better than to recognize in every defense against it the underlying appeal for it? And how could you better learn of its reality than by answering the appeal for it by giving it? The Holy Spirit's interpretation of fear does dispel it, for the awareness of 
truth cannot be denied. Thus does the Holy Spirit replace fear with love and translate error into truth. And thus will you learn of him how to replace your dream of separation with the fact of unity. For the separation is only the denial of union and correctly interpreted attest to your eternal knowledge that union is true. Thank you, Harrison and Lemoyne. If you would look upon love, which is the world's reality, how could you do better than to recognize in every defense against it the underlying appeal for it? And how could you better learn of its reality than by answering the appeal for it by giving it? The Holy Spirit's interpretation of fear does dispel it, for the awareness of truth cannot be denied. Thus does the Holy Spirit replace fear with love and translate error into truth. And thus will you learn of him how to replace your dream of separation with the fact of unity. For the separation is only the denial of union and correctly interpreted attests to your eternal knowledge that union is true. Miracles are merely the translation of denial into truth. If to love oneself is to heal oneself, those who are sick do not love themselves. Therefore, they are asking for the love that would heal them, but which they are denying to themselves. If they knew the truth about themselves, they could not be sick. The task of the miracle worker thus becomes to deny the denial of truth. The sick must heal themselves, for the truth is in them. Yet having obscured it, the light in another mind must shine into theirs because that light is there. Thank you, Lemoyne and Donna. Fourteen. Miracles are merely the translation of denial into truth. If to love oneself is to heal oneself, those who are sick do not love themselves. Therefore, they are asking for love that would heal them, but which they are denying to themselves. If you knew the truth about your them, if they knew the truth about themselves, they could not be sick. The task of the miracle worker thus becomes to deny the denial of truth. The sick must heal themselves, for 
the truth is in them. Yet, having obscured it, the light of another mind must shine into theirs because that light is theirs. 15. The light in them shines as brightly, regardless of the density of the fog that obscures it. If you give no power to the fog to obscure the light, it has none. For it has power only because the Son of God gave it to it, gave power to it. He must himself withdraw that power, remembering that all power is of God. You can remember this for all the sonship. Do not allow your brother not to remember, for his forgetfulness is yours. But your remembering is his, for God cannot be remembered alone. This is what you have forgotten. To perceive the healing of your brother as the healing of yourself is thus the way to remember God. For you forgot your brothers with him. And God's answer to your forgetting is but the way to remember. Thank you, Donna. And Patricia. Fifteen. The light in them shines as brightly regardless of the density of the fog that obscures it. If you give no power to the fog to obscure the light, it has none. For it has power only because the Son of God gave power to it. He must himself withdraw that power, remembering that all power is of God. You can remember this for all the sonship. Do not allow your brother not to remember for his forgetfulness is yours but your remembering is his for God cannot be remembered alone this is what you have forgotten to perceive the healing in, of your brother as the healing of yourself is thus the way to remember God. For you forget your brothers with him and God's answer to your forgetting is but the way to remember. 16. Perceive in sickness, but another call for love, and offer your brother what he believes he cannot offer himself. 
cover the sickness. There is but one remedy. You will be made whole as you make whole. For to perceive in sickness the appeal for help is to recognize in hatred the call for love. The call for love. And to give a brother what he really wants is to offer it unto yourself. For your Father wills you to know, you to know your brother as yourself. Answer his call for love and yours is answered. Healing is the love of Christ for his Father and for himself. Thank you, Patricia. And Karen. Lori, did you say Karen? Uh, I did, yeah. Okay, sorry. You cut out. 16. I'm sorry. Perceive in sickness your call for love and offer your brother what he believes he cannot offer himself. Whatever the sickness, there is but one remedy. Whatever the sickness, there is but one remedy. You will be made whole as you make whole. For to perceive in sickness, the appeal for health is to recognize in hatred the call for love. And to give a brother what he really wants is to offer it unto yourself. For your father wills you to know your brother as yourself. Answer his call. For love and yours is answered. Healing is the love of Christ for his Father and for himself. 17. Remember what we said about the frightening perceptions of little children which terrify them because they do not understand them? If they ask for enlightenment and accept it, their fears vanish. But if they hide their nightmares, they will keep them. It is easy to help an uncertain child, for he recognizes that he does not know what his perceptions mean. Yet you believe that you do know. Little children, you are hiding your heads under the covers of the heavy blankets you have laid upon yourselves. You are hiding your nightmares in the darkness of your own uncertain, excuse me, you are hiding your nightmares in the darkness of your own certainty and refusing to open your eyes and look at them. Thank you, Karen. And Robin Marie.
17. Remember what we said about the frightening perceptions of the little children which terrify them because they do not understand them. If they ask for enlightenment and accept it, their fears vanish. But if they hide their nightmares, they will keep them. It is easy to help an uncertain child, for he recognizes that he does not know what his perceptions mean. Yet you believe that you do know. Little children, you are hiding your heads under the covers of the heavy blankets you have laid upon yourselves. You are hiding your nightmares in the darkness of your own certainty and refusing to open your eyes and look at them. 18. Let us not save nightmares, for they are not fitting offerings for Christ, and so they are not fit gifts for you. Take off the covers and look at what you are afraid of. Only the anticipation will frighten you, for the reality of nothingness cannot be frightening. Let us not delay this. For your dream of hatred will not leave you without help, and help is here. Learn to be quiet in the midst of turmoil, for quietness is the end of strife, and this is the journey to peace. Look straight at every image that rises to delay you, for the goal is inevitable because it is eternal. The goal of love is but your right, and it belongs to you, despite your preference. Mm. Thank you, Robin Marie. Is there a new reader for 18 and 19? Oh, this is Lana. I'm going to try to do this. <laughs> okay, 18. All right. Let us, okay, let us not save nightmares. For they are not fitting offerings for Christ, and so they are not fit gifts for you. Take off the covers and look at what you are afraid of. Only the anticipation will frighten you, for the reality of nothingness cannot be frightening. Let us not delay this, for your dream of hatred will not leave you without help, and help is here. Learn to be quiet in the midst of turmoil, for quietness is the end of strife, and this is the journey to peace. Look straight at every image that rises to delay you, for the goal is inevitable because it is eternal. The goal of love is but your right, and it belongs to you despite your preference. You still, 19, you still want what God wills, and no nightmare can defeat a child of God in his purpose. For your purpose was given you by God, and you must accomplish it because it is his will. Awake and remember your purpose, for it is your will to do so. What has been accomplished for you must be yours. Do not let your hatred stand in the way of love, for nothing can withstand the love of Christ. 
for his father, for his father's love for him. Beautiful. Thank you, Lana. And would there be another new reader for 19 and 20? Okay, Fran, back to you. 19. You still want what God wills. And no nightmare can defeat a child of God in his purpose. For your purpose was given you by God. And you must accomplish it because it is his will. Awake and remember your purpose. For it is your will to do so. What has been accomplished for you must be yours. Do not let your hatred stand in the way of love, for nothing can withstand the love of Christ for his Father or his Father's love for him. 20. A little while and you will see me, for I am not hidden because you are hiding. I will awaken you as surely as I awakened myself, for I awoke for you in my resurrection is your release. Our mission is to escape crucifixion, not redemption. Trust in my help, for I did not walk alone, and I will walk with you as our Father walked with me. Did you not know that I walked with him in peace? And does not that mean that peace goes with us on the journey? Thank you, Fran. And Harrison. 20. A little while, and you will see me. For I am not hidden because you are hiding. I will awaken you as surely as I awakened myself. For I awoke for you. And my resurrection is your release. Our mission is to escape crucifixion, not redemption. Trust in my help, for I did not walk alone. And I will walk with you as our Father walked with me. Did you not know that I walked with him in peace? And does not that mean that peace goes with us on the journey? 21. There is no fear in perfect love. We will but be making perfect to you what is already perfect in you. You do not fear the unknown, but the known. You will not fail in your mission because I fail not in mine. Give me but a little trust in the name of the complete trust I have in you. 
and we will easily accomplish the goal of perfection together. For perfection is and cannot be denied. To deny the denial of perfection is not so difficult as the denial of truth. And what we can accomplish together must be believed when you see it as accomplished. Thank you, Harrison. And Lemoyne. There is no fear in perfect love. We will but be making perfect to you what is already perfect in you. You do not fear the unknown, but the known. You will not fail in your mission, because I failed not in mine. Give me but a little trust in the name of the complete trust I have in you, and we will easily accomplish the goal of perfection together. For perfection is and cannot be denied. To deny the denial of perfection is not so difficult as the denial of truth. And what we can accomplish together must be believed when you see it as accomplished. You who have tried to banish love have not succeeded, but you who choose to banish fear will succeed. The Lord is with you, but you know it not. Yet your Redeemer liveth and abideth in you in the peace out of which he was created. Would you not exchange this awareness for the awareness of your fear? When we have overcome fear, not by hiding it, not by minimizing it, not by denying its full import in any way, this is what you will really see. You cannot lay aside the obstacle to real vision without looking upon it. For to lay aside means to judge against. If you will look, the Holy Spirit will judge and will judge truly. He cannot shine away what you keep hidden, for you have not offered it to him, and he cannot take it from you. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Donna. 22. You who have tried to banish love have not succeeded, but you who choose to banish fear will succeed. The Lord is with you, but you know it not. Yet your Redeemer liveth and abideth in you in the, in the peace out of which he was created. Would you not exchange this awareness for the awareness of your fear? 
When you have overcome fear, not by hiding it, not by minimizing it, not by denying its full import in any way, this is what you will really see. You cannot lay aside the obstacle to real vision without looking upon it. For to lay aside means to judge against. If you will if you will look, the Holy Spirit will judge and will judge truly. He cannot shine away what you keep hidden, for you have not offered it to him, and he cannot take it from you. twenty three. We are therefore embarking on an organized, well-structured, and carefully planned program aimed at learning how to offer to the Holy Spirit everything you do not want. He knows what to do with it. You do not know how to use what he knows. Whatever is revealed to him, that is, whatever is revealed to him that is not of God is gone. Yet you must reveal it to yourself in perfect willingness, for otherwise his knowledge remains useless to you. Surely, he will not fail to help you, since help is his only purpose. Do you not have greater reason for fearing the world as you perceive it than for looking at the cause of fear and letting it go forever? Thank you, Donna and Patricia. Twenty-three. We are, therefore, embarking on an organized, well-structured, carefully planned program aimed at learning how to offer to the Holy Spirit everything you do not. He knows what to do with it. You do not. How to use what he knows. Whatever is revealed to him that is not of God is gone. Yet you must reveal it to yourself in perfect willingness. For otherwise, his knowledge remains useless to you. He surely and surely he will not fail to help you since help is his only purpose. Do you not have greater reason for fearing the world as you perceive it than for looking at the cause of fear and letting it go forever? Everyone. So much in here. 
touch some favorite. We will do that. Section three, the mechanism. Fear is a symptom of your deep sense of love. When you perceive it in others, you learn to supply the loss. The basic cause of fear is removed. You have in yourself the means for removing fear and have demonstrated this by giving it. Fear and love are the only emotions of which you are capable. What is false, for it was made out of the denial, and denial depends on the real belief what is denied for its own existence. 12. By interpreting fear correctly as a positive affirmation of the underlying belief it masks, you are undermining its perceived usefulness by rendering it useless. And defenses which do not work at all are automatically discarded. If you raise what fear conceals into clear-cut, unequivocal predominance, fear becomes meaningless. You've denied its power to conceal love, which was its only purpose. The mask which you have drawn across the face of love has disappeared. In 13, if you would look upon love, which is the world's only reality, how could you do better than to recognize in every defense against it the underlying appeal for it? And how could you better learn of its reality and by answering the appeal for it, by giving it. The Holy Spirit's interpretation of fear does dispel it, for the awareness of truth cannot be denied. Thus does the Holy Spirit replace fear with love and translate error to truth. And thus we learn of him how to replace your dream of separation with the fact of unity. For the separation is only the denial of union, incorrectly interpreted, attests to your eternal knowledge that union is true. 14. Miracles are merely the translation of denial to truth. If to love oneself is to heal oneself, those who are sick do not love. Therefore, they are asking for the love that would heal them, but which they are denying to themselves. If they knew the truth about themselves, they could not be sick. So the task of the miracle worker thus becomes to deny the denial of truth. The sick must heal themselves, for the truth is in them. Yet having denied it, the light of another mind must shine into theirs, because that light is theirs. The light in them shines as brightly, regardless of the density of the fog that obscures it. And if you give no power to the fog to obscure the light, it has none. All power is of God, and you can remember this for all the sonship. Do not allow your brother not to remember, for his forgetfulness is yours. But your memory is his for God cannot be remembered alone this is what you have forgotten 
To perceive the healing of your brother as the healing of yourself is thus the way to remember God. So perceive in sickness, but another call for love and offer your brother what he believes he cannot offer himself. Whatever the sickness, there is but one remedy. You will be made whole as you make whole. For to perceive in sickness the appeal for health is to recognize in hatred the call for love and to give a brother what he really wants is to offer it to yourself. For your father wills you to know your brother as yourself. Answer his call and yours is answered. Healing is the love of Christ for his father and himself. In 17, little children I'll start at the beginning. Remember what we said about the frightening perceptions of little children which terrify them because they do not understand them. If they ask for enlightenment and accept it, their fears vanish. But if they hide their nightmares, they will keep them. It's easy to help an uncertain child for he recognizes he does not know what his perceptions mean. And the reality of nothing 18 cannot be frightening let us not delay this for your dream of hatred will not leave you without help and help is here learn to be quiet in the midst of turmoil quietness is the end of strife and this is the journey to peace the call of love is but your right it belongs to you despite your preferences in 19, you still want what God wills, and no nightmare can defeat a child of God in his purpose. For your purpose was given you by God, and you must accomplish it, accomplish it because it is his will. Awake and remember your purpose, for it is your will to do so. What has been accomplished for you must be yours. Do not let or hatred stand in the way of love for nothing can withstand the love of Christ for his father or his father's love for him I will awaken you as surely as I awakened myself for I awoke for you in my resurrection is your release our mission is to escape crucifixion not redemption trust in my help I did not walk alone and I will walk with you as our father walked with me peace goes with us journey and there is no fear in perfect love we will be but making perfect to you what is already perfect in you you do not fear the unknown but the known give me but a little trust in the name of the trust I have in you and we will easily accomplish the goal of perfection together for perfection is and cannot be denied what we can accomplish together must be believed when you see it as accomplished you who have tried to banish love have not succeeded but you who choose to banish fear will succeed the Lord is with you but you know it not 
Yet your Redeemer liveth and abideth in you, in the peace out of which he was created. Would you not exchange this awareness for the awareness of your fear? When we have overcome fear, not by hiding it, minimizing it, not by denying its full import in any way, this is what you will really see. If you will look, the Holy Spirit will judge, judge truly. He cannot shine away what you keep hidden if you have not offered it to him, and he cannot take it from you. We are therefore embarking on an organized, well-structured, and carefully planned program aimed at learning how to offer the Holy Spirit everything you do not want. Whatever is revealed to him that is not of God is gone. You must reveal it to yourself in perfect willingness, otherwise his knowledge remains useless to you. Help is his own purpose. Do you not have greater reason for fearing the world as you perceive it than for looking at the cause of it and letting it go forever? Oh, what a privilege it was to read these and to hear them read by you. And so, to put an exclamation point on it, let's take our five minutes. And Fran will lead us again today. Fran. Oh, thank you, Lori. That was great. Good summary. Thanks a lot. Hi, everybody. We are in the first part of the workbook, and today we are on Lesson 124. And then my book just shut down. <laughs> um, let me remember, I am one with God. So I shall read from the lesson, read some from the lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute reflection on the lesson. Okay. Let me remember, I am one with God. Today, we will again give thanks for our identity in God. Our home is safe. We can fail in nothing. At one with God and with the universe, we go our way rejoicing with the thought that God himself goes everywhere with us. How holy are our minds. God is our companion as we walk the world a little while. Today, we will not doubt his love for us, nor question his protection and his care. No meaningless anxieties can come between our faith and our awareness of his presence. We are one with him today in recognition and remembrance. We feel him in our hearts. No miracle can ever be denied to those who know that they are one with God. We join in this awareness as we say that we are one with God. For in these words we say as well, that we are saved and healed. That we can save and heal accordingly. Peace be to you today. Sometime today, whenever it seems best, devote a half an hour to the thought that you are one with God. <laughs> this is our first attempt at an extended period for which we give no rules 
nor special words to guide your meditation. You may not be ready to accept the gain today, yet sometime, somewhere, it will come to you. Count this half an hour as your gift to God, in certainty that his return will be a sense of love you cannot understand, a joy too deep for you to comprehend, a sight too holy for the body's eyes to see. And yet you can be sure someday, perhaps today, perhaps tomorrow, you will understand and comprehend and see. Add further jewels to the golden frame that holds the mirror offered you today by hourly repeating to yourself, let me remember I am one with God, at one with all my brothers and myself, in everlasting holiness and peace. So we'll do a five-minute reflection now. Lesson 124. Let me remember I am one with God.
Today, we will again give thanks for our identity in God. Our home is safe. We can fail in nothing. Lesson 124. Let me remember I am one with God. Amen. Amen. It's beautiful. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you, friend, so much. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, friend. This, this is such a comforting lesson. I love this lesson. And I love that he's just telling us that we're going we're gonna to remember because that's the truth. We are one with God. I'm complete. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. This is Donna. As Fran read a line, <clears throat> I got a what I call a prayer because I put it in words so I can use it. I remain with God wherever I think or imagine I am. I ask, let me, let Holy Spirit, spark my awareness of this truth. I am complete. Spark this awareness. That's beautiful, Donna. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Good morning. This is Lana. Um, I I love both the lesson and the reading, and I don't know. Um you know what I'm going to say, but I just feel, uh, I'm, I'm just feeling so much love for you guys and for God and for everything that's showing up in my awareness. I I think this lesson, let me remember I am one with God, is another one of these key ones. You know, that's a thought. That's a thought that um, will bring my memory back to truth. And it's appropriate for any time I'm not in perfect peace or feel feel the perfect love. And it's certainly a thought I can welcome any time I'm experiencing fear. Um, You know, when I think about fear, fear, as Jesus told us today, has no power of itself. We give it power. And all I need to do, fear can't even stand by itself. 
because the light of who we are would just, boom, banish it. It's nothingness out of our awareness. So it needs a structure to hold it up. And these structures, uh, we call them stories. We're not really, the fear is extended to the story and it really takes our focus and attention off of looking at the fear itself and seeing its nothingness and getting us entangled in the story and believing that's the purpose and the meaning of the fear. So in the letting go of the story, um, the fear disappears with it because that's the only meaning it ever had. And that meaning we made up. Um, you know, what comes first, the fear of the story? <laughs> I'm not real sure because I think they both happen simultaneously. But in giving up the story and not, you know, stories come and go, you can, I can actually say, um, which really strengthens my trust and faith, that every story I've ever had and made up that supported the fear has, you know, has been healed, it's disappeared, it's no longer there. So knowing that and remembering that is, I can remember I'm one with God in that unity. And I really love how Jesus expresses our need to join with our brothers to heal. We don't heal alone. Um, we're all one, and again, that brings me back to our unity is one. You know, every part of the sonship is whole. So any part of the sonship that I'm willing to heal, heals it all, <laughs> whatever is going on in that moment in my awareness, because that's all the only place that fear can show up. So remembering, let me remember I am one with God. You know, that's like the one remedy for everything. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful to remember that here I am, no matter what this crazy dream showed me or put in front of me or seemed to be an obstacle. Here I am today, right here and right now, with you. And God's traveled with me through it all. I was never alone, and I never will be alone. And that really reinforces my trust and, and my safety. Um, because like Jesus says, um, our home is safe, protection guaranteed in all we do, power and strength available to us in all of our undertakings. We can fail in nothing. Everything we touch takes on a shining light which blesses and which heals at one with God and with the universe. We can go our way rejoicing with the thought that God goes everywhere with us. I'm just going to take that paragraph and put it in my pocket and keep it close by today <laughs> and um, join with it if fear shows up, any type of fear. I'm complete. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, that, that was, was so beautiful, Lana. Yeah. I love that. Put it in your pocket. I think I'll do the same thing. I have pockets. <laughs> yeah. Keep it handy. Keep it handy. Love it.
Well, good morning. It's Mindy. Um, so I have been going in and out of feeling love and fear. It's been real intense this morning. And um, I felt myself pulling the covers over the blanket, um, which was wanting to escape from the body and the emotions and all that good stuff. So I just know it was time for me to wake up and say something and get out of from under the blanket. And uh, the story, thank you very much about that. Um, it really does distract. Um, yesterday I, I was on a class studying the way of mastery or maybe it was a course of love, I don't remember. And um, it said, just feel your feelings. And, you know, hiding fear, you know, under the blanket, it's like, for me, I hide my fear under story. And I don't let it up and out into the light of day where it can vanish. And I'm in the sun and I'm in the light and in the beauty. So anyway, I just wanted to say that once again, I'm sitting here feeling my body get worse and worse as I don't allow myself to feel my feelings of fear or sadness. And uh, it's time for me to get up and get out from under the blanket of fear and literally under the blanket I was laying under and just say hi and thank you for everybody's share and to walk confidently in the knowledge that I will experience, not just remember, but experience my oneness with God today um, as I allow the Holy Spirit to deny the appearance of fear and, and to deny the reality of, of what it creates. And um, it's just a, it's a beautiful opportunity to let the sun shine. So thanks, guys, for... Oh, um, willingness and uh, presence and sharing from the heart. and It just makes such a difference. I love you guys. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, bless you, Mindy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Oh, thank you, Mindy. Huh. You know, um, I just want to say that I finally allowed my fear of my father dying without my really connecting with him. Um, there's a, and I thought, oh, there's a block in communication here because he won't call him. I can't call him and can't seem to get my card together and send it to him. And I, I thought, oh gosh, what's blocking me sending this card and sending love and I realized I had unforgiveness, so I've been asking the Holy Spirit to let, help me let go of the resentment. And the most wonderful thing that happened this morning was feeling love. I really felt my connection with my dad, and I really felt all the illness and all this, you know, stuff that I'm afraid that he's giving into. I just, it was gone. I just felt his, his love and his brightness and his wholeness and his, his own unique way of being and I felt like I knew he felt me and he felt my love. I don't have to call it a passive something He's not gonna die alone not knowing my love because he's with God. This is just like wow. It's like it takes so much pressure. 
my oneness with myself and my brothers in perfect holiness and peace. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's probably going to be really easy to, to go to the doctor and buy a card and sign it. I love you, Dad. <laughs> I love Mindy. I don't have to do all this stuff I resented it, like, oh, my peace is gone, because I thought of her, and I thought, oh, wow, this is the call for help. This is, this, she's me. <laughs> and uh, I called her immediately and said, you know, I, I'd really like to talk to you, and it bothers my heart that we're not talking. And I'm realizing that she's simply a mirror of me, and uh, reaching out to her to deny the denial of truth. You know, she did nothing wrong and there was no need to punish herself. There was no loss. Her child lives on. And, uh, oh, I guess I was really determined to really live this lesson because the obstacles to my peace and feelings of oneness came up and hit me in the face. And luckily, I moved forward with them rather than allowing them to stop me. And so basically whatever the darkness is that I perceive in her and judge as causing her to become an alcoholic and punish herself, whatever that is, it must be in me too or it wouldn't have come up. 
And my reaching out to her is an attempt to reestablish our oneness and our communication and just to love her and not judge her. And um, I realize that when I judge her, I'm judging myself. And um, I realize I judge myself. <sighs> Feeling like I had a part in her son developing cancer by not pointing out the disability or limitation he had so she could help him over it. And he developed cancer in the place where the limitations seemed to present itself in the world. And uh, it's amazing because, you know, I think we all have guilt and punish ourselves for things we felt we should have done. And if I'm one with God, then exactly what was supposed to happen happened. And for me to claim that I didn't do what I was supposed to do and something bad happened, that's just ego. That's just separate self, you know, wanting to have power. So this is a real huge step for me. I'm still kind of not completely grounded in what I've learned or what I'm understanding, but it's a real intense thing going on, and, and that's good. <laughs> Intensity doesn't have to be bad. That's just the call for love really, you know, manifesting itself loudly. So anyway, um, I have a choice to go to a group to talk about our emotions and how they make us eat and how to make healthier choices or be on a meditation class that says, uh, oh, it's all good, you know, just release, just relax, you're one, nothing you need to do. And it's like I'm having this conflict between which one do I do? And it's like um, it'll become apparent. Uh, you know, I'm one with God. I can do both. I can do the one and then do the second half of the other. But it's like this conflict between being and doing and allowing and... Um, Controlling. So um, that's what gets in my way of my oneness with God, wanting to control. So, um, and that only comes from an unrecognized fear. So I raise a glass to um, feeling my oneness with God and in that cradle of security and love and peace and safety, allowing my fears to come up, allowing the Holy Spirit to uncover the blanket and let those fears pop up and vanish in the sunlight. <laughs> ah, yes, and that is not always the easiest, most comfortable thing, but I know that I can be carried through it on a raft. So I'm beginning my day. I'm going to make my coffee and get ready to go to that class because I said I'd go, and and if it doesn't feel right, I can leave and join the other class because God is in control and Holy Spirit shows me every step of the way what I need to know next. And, uh, Thanks, guys. I'm just going to listen to my heart. Mm. And it says all... Thank you, Mindy. Yeah. Thank you, Mindy. Mm. Okay, my kitty cat say okay. Fine, keep going now. Feed us, feed yourself. All is well. That's what I heard when I listened to my heart. So, okay, I I thank you guys, and I'm gonna go on mute. And uh, I appreciate any feedback or support or change of subject, whatever feels right. Bye.
you know, if I'm being honest, I, I realized that my worrying about how I looked uh, to you guys made me suck my feelings down. <clears throat> it's like um, there, there really is, there really is something going on inside of me about do I go to this class and talk about stuff and act on it from like the outside in or do I go to this class where we meditate? She talks about, oh, there's nothing for you to do. Just let it go. You're already where you need to be. And I don't know if anybody else feels that conflict with, you know, going into action about something or just releasing, letting go and allowing it to be and saying everything is okay. So it's like that's, that's where, you know, releasing to the Holy Spirit or do I, you know, and say, okay, you help me with my emotions or do I go to a class where I, you know, dig for them? And it's the balance. It's like... I, I want the balance between me taking responsibility and ownership for Mindy Adele Lightman as she is an individual expression of God and I do my part and I'm not afraid to be me and to be in the world as I have co-created it instead of, you know, sometimes it feels like doing the meditation kind of puts me in denial of the world. You know, it's like a blanket. It's another blanket when I don't, get out there and get involved with my brother. So I don't want to throw the blanket over myself again today. Um, I have a real resistance to going to this class, not only because my body hurts and I'll have to sit, which I don't particularly care for. The body doesn't seem to care for sitting when it's in this, this condition. So I have a choice to make, and um, I just like to be supported and being in a place of love when I make the choice, um, because then it will all work out. Okay. Thank you. Now I'm complete. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, Mindy. You know, that choice I found um, can be as simple and as easy as in any given moment to look within and ask Holy Spirit, you know, or, or just do what brings me peace. Jesus told me to do that whenever I'm uncertain about, you know, just a lot of the things you mentioned. Should I share with the group? Should I go within? Should I you know, do this, do that, um, the balance and all? But there's only ever this moment of now, and that's all I need to be concerned about. Um, nothing of nothing else about time and space other than being present here and now matters. And when I look within and see what in this moment will bring me peace, it might be calling a friend, it might be taking a walk, it might be going to a, a group, it might be being on a Zoom group, or um, it could be anything, but only I know, only I know in that moment what will bring me peace and to honor that within me to honor that place where however the form shows up if it brings me peace it's an appropriate place to be if it extends love it's a appropriate place to be if it is to forgive someone it's an appropriate place to be because when i do what brings me peace I'm doing it for everyone. I'm doing it for the entire sonship. And I feel that energy and that power. 
And I don't know, it might be something different I'll do in 15 minutes or 15 hours. I don't know, but I do know what in this moment will bring me peace. And to honor it and do that, I feel like I'm really in sync and in harmony with myself. So anyhow, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that and being so open and honest, Mindy. Mm -hmm. Thank you, you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Yes, being in the moment, what brings me peace? Knowing the future will take care of itself. That's lovely. That is really, that's trust. That's trusting in the Holy Spirit and the oneness in me with all life. Just being in each moment. Yeah, thank you. I love that word, trust. And I, I this story, and I love how it um, how it changes my frame of reference. Um, I'm reminded in the in the miracle principles of a phrase: "I can draw down, I can draw down more to you than you can draw down to yourself." So give me a little trust in the name of the trust I have for you. Um, it's all um, so beautifully explained in Lesson 166, where he says, I am entrusted with the gifts of God. And there he he describes the soul's journey, believing it's far from home walking a dusty road with bleeding feet, weighed down with burdens, a lonely stranger wandering, until it feels the touch of Christ upon its shoulder. And then he reminds you of one thing more you forgot, his trust, his touch, his touch has made you like himself. It's, it's such a beautiful lesson because it um, because it says I can draw down more to you than you can draw down to yourself. We think we're joined in the crucifixion here, but in fact we're joined in the resurrection because of elder brother who went first. He says the first in time doesn't mean anything at all the first in time doesn't mean anything and then in the manual for teachers he says what is what is does the name Jesus Christ mean anything and in that lesson I'm talking about time here in in that section of the manual he says I went before you and I was you were with me then as I am with you now in other words the memory of Christ the face of Christ the memory of God is what's um, is what's always lingering in that mirror oh the lesson today I hope I'm 
I hope I'm coming across that the vision of Christ is the reflection of the soul's own perfection. And all the souls that God created are one in Him. Then the sonship is the sum of all God's souls. And when we find our way home, Oh, through the memory of God, through the memory of unity with God. A oh, wonderful, wonderful thing happens. We become like him. His touch has made us like himself. In, I think it's lesson 156. He says, this is the way salvation works. As you step back, the light in you steps forward. So, today's lesson, today's reading, um, I'm, I'm just so struck by the fact that fear is always a private matter. Um, it clings to the story, right, Lana? Fear always is embedded in the folds of the story that we think has been the summary or course of our lives. that lonely road but it's private I can tremble in fear and be in the company of people who are not fearful and realize that I am experiencing a private world but the minute I look at that and realize that fear he says is nothing I'm aware that fear is nothing but you're not and so let me look with you I think it's chapter 12 where he says I bring the lamp and together we'll look because I know fear is nothing but you don't and when we look we'll come forth from our private world the contrast between fear and love is the contrast between nothing and everything he says way back in chapter 2 when he introduced um, the defense mechanisms he talked about the basic conflict is always one between fear and love the conflict between my private world and the truth that we all share and that's why miracles the mechanism of miracles is so important because when I exit my fight my private world through the memory of Christ that light always shines it doesn't go away unlike the things of ego and the things that I learn with my intellect the memory of God the face of Christ is changeless it doesn't go away because it's the nature of love that it's eternal and when I move from my private world to a world I share I always take someone with me you see the nature of love is that it's shared healing he says is an act of thought when two minds realize their oneness and become glad um, light abolishes darkness because it shows the darkness was nothing all of these 
paragraphs um, describe the exit from the private world to the shared world of love. And the beauty of the oneness with God is that it includes all of creation. So when I love my brother or share the love of God with a brother, I am expressing in the most profound way I know possible how much I love God and how much he loves me. Remember a few days ago we read, God is approached. God is approached through love of his creation. Every time I exit my private world and enter into the world of shared love, I bring with me all that share that moment. I loved how you said that, Lana, about all gifts are for the sonship. We have no difficulty believing at all that there's such a thing as the collective unconscious. You know, we see the collective unconscious taking and and every expression of ego you can think of in the news, you know. We have no difficulty believing in the thoughts that come from ego to exit and enter our minds constantly. But we have such a difficulty believing in the collective consciousness. But healing my mind is the most profound thing I can do for the world. Because we contain the world. The world we think is outside of us. The world is inside of us. And when I heal my mind, that healing is automatically shared because the love of God is automatically shared. And I have a natural means inherent in my being um, that allows that to happen. You know, love does everything and it does it all by itself when I allow it. I asked Holy Spirit once, tell me how God moves. God moves in the world through the sacred heart that we all share, was his answer. And when I open my mind and heart to that, it's automatically shared. And any fear that I was believing in before is automatically discarded, just like he says. Just like he says in those first two paragraphs, 11 and 12. A defense that doesn't work anymore is automatically discarded. I was never afraid of what I thought I was afraid of. For some insane reason, I was afraid of love, thinking it would cost me something. But it gives everything. And that's the exit from the private world to the shared world. And it's love. I'm complete. Beautiful, Lori. Thank you. Oh, that Thank was so, so beautiful, so clear. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. That was so helpful. I really appreciate you and your willingness to dig deep and share 
what you've learned and your experiences and bring it to the Course and relate it to us. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to your book. <laughs> you know, um, Laurie, your your share reminded me of, um, and I'm sorry for anybody that's heard this story before, but it seems so appropriate now <laughs> for what was given in in the in the reading today. Um, one time I had an appointment with the IRS. I owed them a lot of money, and I had just moved to Boston, and I had to get it straightened out, and I had so much fear. I remember sitting on a bench outside of um, the building trying to get up enough courage, and all that was happening was um, I was fearing the loss of love. I thought those people that I had to meet with would be unloving to me. And fundamentally, that's what it was. You know, there was this story I built around, and I was so fearful of it. And Jesus gave me such a powerful message as I was sitting on the bench asking for help. And he, and he said, <clears throat> just beyond your greatest fear is the peace of God. And ego will say, run, be very afraid. But Holy Spirit says, walk through it with me, and I'll show you it's not real. So I went in the building, <laughs> um, and of course, the people couldn't have been more loving to me. They helped me. They did my taxes for me. They set up a payment plan that I could uh, live with. Uh, you know, they just, and then they put me on a non-collectible status in case I couldn't make it one month or two. Um, you know, they just couldn't have been more helpful. And so once the story fell away, so did the fear. Um, it didn't have a structure to hold it together anymore. And um, and it was, um, you know, like you were saying, Laria, the, the, any defenses were useless now. I needed no defenses. And I knew the defenses didn't work. You know, but what did work was love, and I had forgotten love, and I had forgotten that love love is a constant. It's just beyond my greatest fear. So when I walked through it with Holy Spirit, I recognized and experienced the truth that it wasn't real. And it's only when we do walk through it with Holy Spirit can we have that experience of its unreality and know with certainty that fear isn't real? Um, it was just something I made up, and then I made up a story to support it, and both fell away in the presence of love. So anyway, I just wanted to share that again um, because it was so meaningful in my life, and the healing of fear, I remember that always, you know. Just beyond my greatest fear is the peace of God. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, I love hearing about that, Lana. Really? Me too, Lana. Wow. Me too. That was great. Thank you. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) You know, 
I, I was thinking, Lana, this reminds me of just a real simple thing. Um, one time I was thinking about uh, giving or receiving or one in truth, and I was about to um, go get involved in a transaction, you know, going around ordinary, everyday conscious consciousness. We have such a, a linear idea of what's going on, you know. And so I was going to go engage in a transaction. I'm going to give something and I'm going to get something. But I had been thinking deeply about giving or receiving or one in truth. And so I was, I was driving up, I was at the pharmacy window, and I was driving up, and typically I would think, I will give her my insurance card and she will give me my medicine. And that's the essence of that transaction. But instead of thinking that, I thought, and typically I always thought that this involved me sacrificing something at that window, you know, and giving minimal return. Anyway, the point of the story is this. I drove up to that window and I thought, I'm not going to see it that way today. I'm going to see this as an exchange of love. And this lady or this man at the window wants to bless me as much as I want to be blessed. And I thought, isn't that just the opposite of how I ordinarily think of a transaction? But in that case, in that day, um, thinking that thought, just thinking that thought, I discovered that my mind was a wide open invitation rather than um, a simple transaction where I would get little for my investment. <laughs> it turned into she wants to bless me as much as I want to bless her. And my mind was so open and my heart was so open that I discovered she was giving me smiles and eye contact and uh, just a loving exchange that had nothing to do with my insurance card or medicine or money. It had everything to do with an opportunity to share the love of God. Just that thought, that one thought, that one thought, this individual, this situation wants to bless me as much as I want to bless it. And to me, that's the essence. That's the essence of the message, message today and the mechanism of miracles. Um, there's a poem that goes with it that goes something like, we are wide open fields before each other. And when we recognize that we love the same God, that love is our currency, that blessing is what we can exchange. This world turns from a desert to a garden. And the idea of time and linear transactions, it changes into something entirely different. For one simple thought, this wants to bless me as much as I want to bless it. I'm complete. Oh, that's so perfect. So perfect. Great spot yeah. on. Thank you. Lori. Thank you so much. Love it. Thank you. This is Ida. Mm -hmm. I have a story too. 
that I believe illustrates these principles. Um, at the end of 2010, I had the traditional term for a nervous breakdown. I ended up going to the hospital for two months. But before I was taken to the hospital, what was happening, and I was at my apartment in that area because I went outside and did some stuff too. Um, well, I thought my delusion was, okay, all right. I was very alone prior to that. I wasn't studying the course at that time. I think I was on the wrong medication. I was not taking it as prescribed. Right, okay. Anyway, so I went off. But um, so when I, you know, was acting out in the, in the yard, somebody called the police. And then the, um, some people from mental health came and saw me. And I was afraid that the devil was in the police or the devil was in these people, that the devil was trying to get me and send me to hell forever. But it wasn't, my delusion didn't end at that. I believed that if the devil got me, the devil would get everybody on the planet. So I was very afraid. I was terror, in terror, basically. And at one point, I was lying on the ground with my knees up, with my eyes shut, trying to keep this out. And uh, a couple of these people from mental health were talking to me. And, you know, I believe the devil was in them. And suddenly I heard, in my mind, I heard, I'd. Ide, and Ide was my only sister, you know, blood relative sister, uh, who's a year younger than me. That was her, her uh, name, nickname for me when we were little kids. And so I said, Jackie, in my mind, and she said, yes. And she said, <clears throat> these people are not trying to kill you. They're trying to help me. And she reiterated that. And then she said, why don't you just ask them? Ask them if they're trying to kill you. Um, and then, since it was my sister's voice, and somehow, you know, I couldn't believe that my sister was the devil. She was always the sweetest thing, you know, my baby sister, right? And <clears throat> so I believed her um, in my mind, and I opened my eyes, and I asked those people if they were trying to kill me. And I said, no, we're trying to help you. So that enabled me to be able to have them help me get up and get in the car and go to the hospital and stuff. And that was basically the end of that story. But later on, when I was all better and everything, I told my sister the story over the phone because she's on the other side of the country. And I asked her, you know, did she talk to me? Did she know what I was going to? She said no. She had no knowledge of what I was going to. At the time, she had no knowledge of talking to me like that in, my, in our mind or anything like that. So it was very interesting because the Holy Spirit will show up, right? As anybody that the Holy Spirit knows, you'll listen to when you're in trouble. If you're afraid of everybody, if there's the one person, the one being, the one angel, the one spiritual master, or you're somebody in your family or whatever, who you will trust the Holy Spirit will show up as that person. I swear, she sounded just like my sister. And um, 
to help you because that's the power of love that God created the Holy Spirit and uh, I don't know I've never told a group of people this, that I didn't know real well this story before so it's moving to me to remember it and uh, anyway so thank you so much for hearing me and I'm complete thank you Ida thank you Ida that was graphically absolutely beautiful what a fabulous yeah. testimony thank you yes it really was Ida thank you so much for sharing that bless you yeah. beautiful well um, it's about time to do our lesson again and give some thought <laughs> to uh, let me remember I'm one with God so to close this call or close this recording this morning I have a very short poem that encapsulates our work here do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world all things break and all things can be mended not with time as they say but with intention so go love intentionally extravagantly unconditionally the broken world waits in darkness for the light it is you So we'll end our recording, uh, but not the call. If there's more to share, and I'm sure there is, please stand the line.